0: Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. This morning, I want to look in, in Scripture. If you got your Bibles there in, uh, in Genesis chapter 39, uh, we've been walking through the uh, the life or the lineage, the life, and then we'll eventually look at the legacy of Joseph. But we already looked at his lineage and we're kind of uh, here at the, uh, the, the, the middle of the study of his life. And that's what the, the study is uh, that we've been doing on Sunday mornings. It's entitled Life. And what we've been doing is kind of seeing Joseph's life and, and getting some life points from him that apply in our life still today. And so that's what we'll do again this morning. We're going to see uh, two life points. Hopefully you got some notes there. And uh, You can jot those down as we get to them, but things that again we see that are clear in scripture from his life uh, That we can apply in our life last week. We saw a beautiful picture of God's grace uh, In light of the sin and the destruction that we experience in this life And again, we saw that in joseph's life. We saw that with his brothers. We saw that specifically uh, with his brother uh, judah now if you were here Uh, We kind of gave the PG version, I think it's PG version, of the soap opera-like chapter Genesis 38. Now, if if you weren't here, I encourage you to go home and you want some good reading that's very interesting. (laughs) Go read Genesis chapter 38. I know you have to read all the stuff around it as well, but uh, very interesting drama found in Scripture there. Uh, But one of the things that we saw was that man's ways always lead to death. Proverbs tells us that there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And again, we saw this in Scripture. Uh, We saw that uh, God's choice has always been grace. Since sin has entered in, God's God's choice has always been grace that leads to life. Uh, We took this departure from looking at Joseph's life. As I said, and in chapter 38, the Bible kind of turns and focuses on Judah, Joseph's brother. We looked at judah making some selfish emotional sinful decisions in his life and those decisions turned destructive They became destructive realities in his life Again, that's where we saw god's grace step up and step in in his life We looked at this line that listen to this that jesus christ would come through The bible says that messiah would be the lion of the tribe of judah and again, we, we, we saw Judah making a big mess of his life. He, 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 he was the one that said, hey, let's sell, let's sell our brother to Joseph. And then he leaves and goes to a different city and just kind of marries who he wants to marry, lives how he wants to live. And again, his life just becomes one destructive mess, a uh, decision that becomes destruction after the other. But this has been the case of all mankind. What we see in Judah's life is still played out today. A bunch of messes. Lined up together. But in the midst of it all, we see a scarlet thread of God's grace woven throughout this mess that extends to our life today. If we're all in here this morning and we're gonna be honest with each other, I'll start with, with myself. We're all a mess. We're all a mess. That's the story of our life, that our lives are just messes. And it's only by God's grace. That brings us into a relationship with Jesus Christ by our faith in him. That we have anything good at all. Again, our life is a mess if it's not for the grace of God. But I, want to re- I want you to remember that Joseph's brothers, I said a while ago, sold him into slavery. That was the decision they made. They, they, they had conspired against him. They, we talked about our words, how our words affect. We talked about how our judgment is wrong whenever our heart's wrong that we can't trust our, our words whenever our heart's wrong. That's what Joseph's brothers did. They had a wrong heart and they spoke wrong. They had a wrong heart and they made some wrong decisions. And it turned into a really big mess. Joseph sold into slavery. Now they think that they've got their, their problem out of their hands because of these, these sinful decisions that they've made. Finally, we're done with Joseph. Finally, he's out of our lives. Finally, he's not going to be showing us this, this coat of many colors. Finally, he's not going to uh, be, be throwing around the fact that he's dad's favorite. He's gone. We don't have to deal with him anymore. So they thought. And so this morning, I want to pray, and again, look at these two life points uh, that we have, and, and hopefully we can apply them in our life, and it'll help us moving forward. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this time again. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you for what you've done uh, in and through Trinity Baptist Temple. Uh, Lord, we've had the blessing of seeing uh, two missionaries uh, sent out of this church, uh, along with the many missionaries that we support. Lord, we've had the blessing of seeing you plant a church out of this church. Lord, we desire more. We, we've seen lives changed through your grace, through your word, through the power of your spirit uh, for 34 years, God, and we, we want to see more. God, we want to be a part of more. We want to be vessels, and we want to see you just do an amazing work in your grace uh, through this body of believers here god we give you all the credit we give you all the praise but we do want more Uh, we want to see you do great things even greater things and lord we pray that you would start this morning as we're celebrating you and celebrating what you've done and as we look into your word i pray that you would move in our hearts that lives would be changed even today lord if there's somebody here that has never entered into a sincere relationship with you through faith in jesus christ Lord, I pray that you would move their heart today. They, they would see this amazing grace and this amazing love that, they ha- that you have for them and that they would accept that free gift of salvation. Lord, I pray that there would be healing go on today. I pray that there would help, help would be given today. And Lord, whatever happens, we do pray that you receive the glory from it all. Use, use me now as a vessel and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. A- amen. In Genesis chapter 39. Verse 1, we're just going to look at one verse right now. It says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out of the hands of the, hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Now, I want us to follow a couple of connections here, because I'm telling you what, God is amazing. His, the way that he works in our lives is phenomenal. I think that we all could agree if, if God would give us kind of the snapshot of our, our life later, that we could look back at, at, at our, our, our earlier life, our um, younger self, our, our, our ch- childhood, our, our teenage life, our young adult life, and we could look back at all of the, the, the hurt, all of the struggle, all of the pain, all of the, the, the valleys and, and the turmoil, and even all of the wrong decisions that led to consequence. I believe that we could look back and we could say from, from that place, wow. God's work is phenomenal. How did he take all of these horrible decisions? How did he take all of these really difficult seasons of my life and bring me to this place? Because again, I think we could all could say that. We could say, man, if it wasn't for the grace of God, oh my goodness, I don't know what my life would look like. But look at this in this story. I want you to remember that the Ishmaelites were of Ishmael. Now, some of you here, you know exactly what that means. Some of you don't. We, we talked about last week how God has chosen the second. What does that mean? That means for all you younger siblings, God has chosen you. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no i just no, what, it, what it means is that God's ways are better. And that man's way, again, we talked about, leads to death. And so we see from the very beginning... of of man's choosing to reject god's way that man's way leads to death so man's way is wrong it goes it leads to death but god comes in with his grace and god's way always leads to life we talked about things like again from the very beginning cain and abel right who was the older brother cain whose sacrifice was accepted abel's what did cain do man's way first way remember what man's way does murder death What does God do, even though murder and death destroyed an innocent person's life, innocent in in, in our minds, innocent person's life, God says, okay, my grace is going to step in, and he gave Seth, right? We go down further in in man's history, and we come to this person that we, we were just talking about, the Ishmaelites, we come to Ishmael. God had promised Abraham, who was an old man, and his wife was an old lady. They were well past the years of having kids, And God says, I'm going to give you a son. But what does Abraham do? Abraham says, you know what? I'm not going to choose God's way. I'm going to choose my way. And he has Hagar, his wife's handmaiden, right there. And what does he choose? He chooses his way. And he chooses sin. And because sin is chosen, Ishmael is born. Ishmael was not the son of promise. He was a son of perdition, a son of sin. God, in his grace, provides Isaac, and it's the line of life that God chose in His grace. Through that, we could go through Esau and Jacob. Esau was the older; Jacob was the younger. Esau was the one who, uh, you know, was supposed to be to have the birthright. Is, is somebody? Is God talking? I hear a voice. That's distracting for me. I'm, I'm not ADD, but I'm like. Is that my.? Okay, so, anyways, sorry. A little side point there. Uh, Enjoy that. Um, Anyways, Esau was first. Jacob was second. Jacob was chosen. Adam was the first man. The Bible tells us that Jesus was the second man. Ishmael was born in sin. He was born through sin, out of God's will. So, what's the big deal about that? Now, sin, specifically, joseph's brother's choice of sin has delivered joseph who is in the line of god's choosing delivered him into the hands of the son of perdition the ishmaelites you get this do you understand what happened so man's way is death man's way is sin that leads to death and again ishmael was that choice now joseph innocently has been sold into the hands of the son of perdition has been given into the hands of the son of perdition, who in turn, get this, delivers him into the hands of Egypt. What is Egypt? Egypt always represents bondage. Egypt always represents slavery and sin. It's an interesting point here, but do you know who Ishmael's mom, Hagar, do you know where she was from? egypt do you get this this is again the the way that god works the 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 illustrations the 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 analogies that we see in scripture we see that joseph seemingly innocent has now suffered and has been delivered over to sin has been delivered into captivity has been delivered into the land of bondage now he's in in held captive surrounded Sin, evil. Conveniently, the same is true in our lives today. Sin seems to conveniently be there in our lives when we don't want to go God's way, right? That's the way it is. I don't necessarily know that I want to go God's way. Guess guess who Satan makes sure is there? Hagar. Hagar. Hagar's there That's convenient It's not happening the way that I want it to happen It's not happening the way that I want it to go My life's not being what I want it to be God's not moving in the way that I want him to move He's not moving the speed I want him to move And so I'll just I'll just choose Hagar We don't always see how that turns out But we see throughout scripture in our lives But we see in scripture how it does choose how, how it does turn out And similarly, when we choose Hagar like Abraham chose Hagar versus trusting God, the results are always the same. What's what's the the battle for us today is sometimes we we know what God's word says or we, we know what God wants us to do and we know that we should wait and trust on God for Isaac we we know that. We know I just need to continue being faithful to God, continue trusting God, continue going God's way, because He will give Isaac. He will give the promise that He has He, has, he will deliver the promise that He's given to me. But sometimes we, we choose not to trust God. Sometimes we choose what's convenient, what's easy, what makes sense to us, what we want in the moment. We want God to move now. We want God we want it to be that way for us right now. And so we choose Hagar. And in choosing Hagar, we think. It'll be okay. We think it's not going to be that big of a deal. I mean, my life, if I chose that, it's not going to turn into some, some nation that, that is, is always against me. We, we think that somehow it's going to be different for us when we choose not to trust God and go God's way. But again, all of our lives throughout all human history, the Bible documents it as well, has been this story that we see. And so I want to consider this verse again this week because it's the story of all of us. In Romans chapter 5, it says this. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man. It's talking about Adam. And death through sin. That's how death came into our lives. It's through sin. So death spread to all men because all have sinned. For for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin... Is not counted where there's no law in other words how do you know that you're speeding how do you know that you're breaking the law unless there's a speed limit sign there that says don't go faster than 40. so when the law was given it defined this is sin that's what the law did it it, it showed us how sinful we were in our lives and so it says yet from the time of adam to moses death still reigned people were still dying People weren't just not dying from the time from Adam until Moses when the law was given. And so he's saying, even, though, even over those who sinned was not like the transgression of Adam. Even though they may not have directly sinned like Adam, every person eventually died from Adam to Moses before the law was given to Moses, who was a type of the one who was to come, which is Jesus. Therefore, as one trespass or one sin led to condemnation for all men because Adam trespassed the, the word of God sin passed upon a condemnation came upon all men so one act of righteousness the act of righteousness by jesus christ leads to justification and life for all men praise god man adam adam messed it up for all of us that's man's way sin death but god's way grace life through jesus christ that's the that's the amazing that's the beauty of god's grace in our lives and that's what scripture says so in verse 19 for as by one man's disobedience The many were made sinners. So by by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass. In other words, to make the trespass evident and obvious. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, sin brought us to death. And it's the reason why we die is because of sin. Grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I love it. Romans chapter 6 in the next chapter says we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who for the one who has died has been set free from sin now if we have died with Christ we believe that we also li- will live with him we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again death no longer has dominion over him for the de- for the death he died He died to sin once for all. He was the sacrifice for all mankind, and he did it one time. That's all he had to do. But the life he lives, he lives lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Our studies about Joseph, and no doubt Joseph sinned in his life. No doubt Joseph was a man, a person just like us today. There's no doubt Joseph had messed up. But when we look at his life up to this point, being sold into slavery, we've seen being given into the hands of sin, being turned over into bondage. He appeared to be a just man. He appeared to be doing what was right. And this is how he's rewarded. He's being sold into slavery. Now he's in this land of bondage. He's in the hands uh, of evil men. And this, again, is how he's rewarded. And so this morning, what I want us to see, the very first life point there in your notes is this. Because of sin, at times, good people suffer wrong. It's because of sin. You know, the, 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 this huge question that people ask all the time, if God is real, why are there still bad things that happen? If God is good, and he's real, and he's all-powerful, why do bad things happen to good people? And the answer to that is very clearly seen in Scripture. Sin. Sin brings about death. Sin is destruction. You say, yeah, but what what did this innocent child do? I'm not talking about that child's sin. I'm talking about sin in the world. When you look at Joseph, what did he do? You say, well, maybe he was flaunting his his coat of many colors. Maybe he was full of pride. that's That's why he suffered what he suffered. The Bible didn't tell us that. The Bible tells us that it was the hatred of his brothers It was the choice of the brothers that put this man in the hands of evil men. It wasn't Joseph's choices. Now sometimes we realize in our lives today we make choices that the consequences live in our life and they follow us sometimes the rest of our lives. Sometimes those consequences, again, are real and they're they're powerful. But sometimes things happen to us in this world because the presence of sin in this world so that's, what I'm, that's what my problem is. If God is God and he's, he's all powerful and He's all good, why doesn't He stop it? Because God is not interested in having robots as followers. God's interested in having friends, He's interested in having children as followers who willingly choose Him, who lovingly follow Him. That's what God wants. And so so when we look at, well, why doesn't God just uh, uh, make us do this? Because we don't want that even in our human relationships. I, I don't want a relationship because someone has to like me or has to love me. A relationship is fulfilling whenever it's mutual that we want to. Because of sin, at times good people suffer wrong. Joseph would eventually be able to speak this truth into his brother's lives What satan meant for evil God can use for good Again, we'll see that later down the road. It's hard for us to see that truth though in the midst Of the reality of our misery When we look at our lives and we're going through it man, it just can't get any worse than this Man, this is the bottom of the barrel man. This is the worst this is the worst case a person's life this is the greatest trial we've ever been through This is the this is the worst situation i've ever been in when we're at that place. It's hard for us to see that truth In the midst of our current circumstances You know, what we don't get in scripture sometimes we don't get sometimes the thoughts Of the people that that the bible tells us about we don't get the thoughts of the commentary from joseph As he was being sold by all of his brothers his kin his blood but while he was, we don't get his thoughts. We don't get his, his feelings. We don't know what Joseph was going through. Whenever he, we don't even hear him saying, Guys, please don't do this. Why are y'all doing this to me? I was just doing what I was asked to do by dad. Why are you doing this?" We don't get any of that. We do know he was a real person with real feelings. Maybe he suspected something like this. Maybe he thought, you know what, it's just a countdown. I mean, every time I get around my brothers, I, I realize, man, they hate me. They make it clear they hate me. And so I'm, I'm, I'm ready for them to do whatever. I mean, they may kill me. I don't know what they're going to do with me. Maybe he, he expected something like this would eventually happen. Maybe he was in a place when he was going through all this bad over doing nothing wrong, that his, he was a whirlwind of questions all, all in his life. Why? Why me? I've tried to do right my whole life. I've tried to obey Father, I've tried to obey God. Why, in doing good, is bad my reward? Remember the irony. Maybe, maybe it's an irony. The reason I say maybe it's an irony is because we know that God knew what was going to happen, and God had a great plan, even through the bad that would happen to Joseph. So I don't know if it's irony, but the irony, the reality that Joseph, a faithful man... Was still given over to sin. He was still sold into bondage of Egypt. It reminds us that this has been from the beginning. Again, remember Cain. He killed Abel for being right, right? That's what happened. Abel did what was right and, and gave an acceptable sacrifice. And what did he get for doing right? His brother killed him. But let's go back to the, let's go to the, 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 the end of that, the other side of that. Jesus Christ our Lord. What did he do wrong? Nothing. An innocent man, a perfect man, God, was crucified on the cross for doing what? Wrong we look at our lives, and I listen, some of you are going through trials and tragedies and, and losses and hurts and difficult seasons, and, 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 and maybe you seem like it's not a season. It's just the definition of my life right now. That's why the Bible tells us in Hebrews to consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. Anytime you get to that place in your life where you begin to think, I don't know that I can take this anymore. The Bible urges you and encourages you, look to Jesus. You're you're trying to do right. You're trying to live right. You're trying to do the right things. You're trying to follow the Lord. You're trying to do all those things, but but you're getting nothing but bad, just like Joseph. You're doing good, but you're getting bad for reward. The Bible says, when you get to that place, consider Jesus Christ. Because that's what he did for you to have life. He endured it. I want to hopefully encourage you with this but this will be the case this will be the story as long as sin is inside of sinners and as long as sinners are sinning that's going to be the case in this world it hasn't changed can you imagine asking Abel did you see this coming no I was just trying to live for the Lord I was just trying to obey what God told us to do to bring a sacrifice Jesus knew what he was getting into. He willingly went to the cross. But Abel, Joseph, men throughout all of history, even today, martyrs, doing things that are, they're trying to please the Lord, and they get rewarded evil for that. First Peter chapter 2 says this: for what glory or what credit is it if when you are buffeted or when you're chastened, when you go through difficult for, for your faults, when you're, you're corrected for your faults, that you take it patiently. Listen, whenever I was a kid and I did something wrong and my parents found out about it, it's not a noble thing to say, okay, I'm going to take my punishment like, I mean, if you, you, I mean yeah, you did something wrong. Of course you're going to get punished. Yeah, you need to take it like a, like, like a big boy, you know. But look what Scripture says. But if when you do well and you suffer for it, and you take it patiently then. This is acceptable with God. That's, that's the integrity. That's the faith. That's the integrity. Verse 21, for here unto you were called because Christ also suffered for us. He didn't do anything wrong. He left an example that you should follow in his steps. Here it is. Here's the example. He did no sin. Neither was any guile, any falseness found in his mouth who when he was reviled, he was was railed on, he was spit on, his beard was pulled out, a crown of thorns placed on his head, he was mocked, he was was ridiculed, he was slapped, he he was spit on all those things, he was done for our sins. He went through all of that. He went through that and he said that he reviled not again. He didn't pay them back for what they were doing to him. When he suffered, he he didn't threaten, but he committed himself to him that judges righteously who his own self bear our sins on his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed for you were a sheep going astray but now you return to the, the shepherd the bishop of your souls in chapter three it says this the eyes of the lord are on the righteous his ears are open to their prayer but the face of the lord is against those who do evil and so i want to encourage you with that this morning listen god he, he came and he died for sinners the bible jesus said that he came to seek and save that which was lost but because there's sinners in the world, because evil is still manifesting itself. Don't think that God is okay with that. Don't think that God is okay with sinners doing sin, that, that he's okay with uh, good people suffering at the hands of evil people. Don't think that God's okay with that. Verse 13, it goes on, it says, now who is there to harm you if you are zealous of what is good? But even if you would suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor trouble, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that's in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you're slandered for doing right, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it's better to suffer to, for doing good, if that, God, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. It's better to suffer, as you're doing God's will, to suffer evil while you're doing good than it is to suffer bad while you're doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but being made alive in the Spirit. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12 says this, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. When we choose to, to, to go God's way in a world that is going the enemy's way, we are going to suffer at the hands of evil people. That's the world we live in. But evil men, the Bible tells us at the end of the age, evil men and seducers will get worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Listen, you you can look at the news, you can watch on on social media, watch it on the news, you can tell this world is becoming a greater mess. Man, there are good things happening. There's great things happening in in our nation, in churches, around the world. I mean, there's great things happening. God is absolutely still ultimately in control. But you look at the state of the world, And it seems as if things are just getting worse. Man is getting more and more evil. Verse 14, Paul would tell Timothy to keep doing what's right regardless of the bad things that happen to you. But back in our text, and I'm almost done, we'll see verse 2 when we be done. I mean, the second point. Verse 2 says, and the Lord's with Joseph. Man, praise God for that. Look, do you see those words? What did it just say? That he was sold in the hands of... He was given over to Potiphar, he was handed over to the Egyptians, bondage, slavery, a good man suffering at the hands of evil men, but verse 2, right after it says all this bad about Joseph, being done to Joseph, the Lord was with him, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. That's an amazing truth right there. And that gives us life point number two. I don't want you to jot this down because it's so important. Because of grace, at all times, God is with His people in their suffering. At all times. Now you say, "I don't feel Him now. I don't see Him now." It doesn't mean that He's not there. Just because you can't see or feel God doesn't mean that He doesn't see what you're going through, or know what you're going through. It doesn't, again, the Bible says that. Joseph could have said the same thing. God, where are you? The Bible says that the Lord was with him. And he was blessing Joseph in ways maybe hard to comprehend. Sometimes he shows up like he did here with Joseph. Sometimes he says, you know what, I know you're going through a difficult time, child, son, daughter. I know it's hard. He blesses you in in certain ways. And maybe you don't realize it, but maybe the trial that you're going through is not financial, but God maybe has has blessed you in that area. Maybe it's it's not that way. Maybe it's it's in a different way. God has has caused you to be prosperous in, in other ways. He's blessed you. He's with you as you're going through that. Sometimes he shows up like this, like he did for Joseph. But you know what God does sometimes to show that he's with us? Sometimes he sends a friend. But sometimes we don't realize what he's done Sometimes that's not good enough for us Well, I want I want him to do something else I want him to take the pain away You know what he will it's coming the day's coming. I promise you if you're going through pain right now And you're a child of god one day all tears will be wiped away There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more pain. It's coming the day's coming It's just like you you tell your kids listen, just wait just be patient. One day it'll happen. God is telling us sometimes in our struggle and our suffering, and, and we say, God, I want it to end. I, I don't want it to be like this anymore. And, and God is te- he tells us through his word time and time again, just be patient, my child. It's coming. I'm going to take care of it. But I want my house to be full. I came to die for all. And those people that are still sinning and still causing hurt, as much as you don't see it and you don't want it, I died for them too. Sometimes he sends a friend. Sometimes he sends a neighbor. Sometimes he sends a, a fellow sufferer. Somebody who's gone down that road. Somebody who's gone down that road. Y'all can walk hand in hand. And sometimes he even uses heathen authorities. and We'll see that in our story. There's this misconception that God is aloof to his people's suffering. That that God is is just kind of like, well, you're not important to me, so I've got other big things to do. Uh, I know you're going through a difficult time, but you'll get over it. You know, God's not aloof. He's not. The Bible says that he knows the very numbers of hair on our head. He cares about you. He knows you. He, 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 He wants to have an intimate walk with you. God knows what's going on inside and outside of your life. It's a great mystery until you embrace the entirety of the gospel the reality is this it breaks God's heart tragically breaks his heart when bad things happen I believe that desperately when sin destroys a life and that's what sin does God's not okay with that that's why God did what he did on the the cross on our account for us so, there's only one solution to sin. And it's the death. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's called atonement. It was a payment, a satisfactory payment for a righteous God's demand for sin. He paid the price for us. It's the only solution in salvation for us. It's the, it's the only answer to sin's ultimate stranglehold, which is death, eternal death. God so desires a relationship with you, He so wants to be that Father. To help us that he did what only God could do to afford us that. To bridge this horrible gap that sin caused between us and God. He did what only God could do. He died. He died in our place for our sins. Isaiah 53 says this. He was despised rejected by men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Listen to what it says. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken. This is what he did for us. He bore all of our sorrows, he bore all of our sins, yet we esteemed him as mankind, stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and upon him was the chastisement, the punishment that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, a sheep that's before her shearers is silent, so opened not he his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence there was no deceit in his mouth yet it was the will of the lord to crush him he has put him to grief when his soul makes offering for guilt his he shall see his offspring he shall, uh, he shall prolong his days the will of the lord shall prosper in his hand out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied by his knowledge shall the righteous one my servant make an? make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. Praise God. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Praise God. Every time sin destroys a life, every time an innocent one is hurt, every time wrongs come to a good person, Wrongs happen to Christians. Could it be that the dull, violent, piercing pain of the spikes that were driven through his hands along with the hurt of his precious creation, us, throbs in his his memory? The slaughter of the Son of God Does it cry throughout all of eternity when an innocent one is hurt? My son was slaughtered for this. My son was violently killed. It's no light thing. It's no simple thing. You're going through a tragedy, you're going through a trial, you're going through a hurt, you're going through a loss, you're going through something. God's not aloof. God's not sitting there thinking, You'll get through it. I believe the cries of the slaughter of Christ cry throughout eternity. It was for this my son was slaughtered. This is the pain I bore for you, for your pain. Again, God wasn't okay with the wrong that was done to Joseph. It was a consequence of other sins. And God's not okay with the wrong done to his people. He's not okay with the wrong done to innocent people today. He knows what trials, he knows what hurt, he knows what affliction, he knows what pain is as an innocent person. Hebrews chapter 4, I'm not going to read it, but you can read it when you get time. This is what it says. It says we don't have a high priest that is not familiar with what we go through, but we have a high priest that knows what it's like to suffer. So we can draw near to God because of him with confidence god's with us he's in the midst of the storm as as he had with joseph there's this eternal redeeming plan that's full of long suffering it's a plan because the scripture tells us again in peter that god's not willing that any should perish so why does god just not stop it all right now because the bible says he's not willing that any should perish but that all would come to repentance You watch the news, and man, you can, get, you can read the news, and you get stirred up real fast. You get upset and angry real fast. So why doesn't God stop it? Why didn't God do something? Well, first of all, God did do something. He paid for it. He paid the ultimate price for it. And one day, he will ultimately do away with it. That's a promise. Just like the tears will be wiped away, the pain will be gone, he will ultimately deal with sin with sinners all wrongs will be made right but the reality is this and I want you to hear this morning I'm closing he wants every last mess of us to experience his grace and his power you sit here today and maybe you've never accepted that free gift of salvation maybe you've never accepted God's grace You've never entered into a personal relationship with him. That's what he wants from your life. So what does God want to take from my life? God wants to give you life. That's what scripture says. God wants to give you life. If you've never given your life to him, the Bible says that there's condemnation. Just as we read a while ago, from Adam until now, condemnation lies on every single person's head. Every person is cursed because of sin. We've all sinned. The Bible says this. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you've ever lied or thought a wrong thought or said a wrong thing or, or, or anything like that, you, you've broken God's law and the Bible says that sin. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Again, that's just the reality of all of us. God wants to give you life though. That's why he sent his son, again, to pay, pay for all of this sin, to pay for all of this, for all of us. And so if you've never given your life to him, no, that's what it's all about. Your life is not about getting and gaining and having prestige and fame. Your life is about entering into a relationship with a God who loved you enough to die for your sins and the sins of the whole world. And how our life then fits into his eternal plan is according to his master plan. If you never surrendered your life, I'm begging you today, you need to consider that because there's no promise of tomorrow. And it's not a scare tactic. That's just a reality. I want to invite you to come. We're going to have a, a, a moment where you can respond. And, and people are going to come down here and they're going to pray. And you can come down and, and we'll have a couple of people that can show you in God's word how you can know today that heaven will be your eternal home. You can have a relationship with the Lord. You can leave this place today knowing that I have life. And if you're a Christian here this morning, I hope that you heard the grace of God over your life. I hope you saw with Joseph, and he didn't do anything wrong, but he was suffering. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you're suffering. Maybe you're, it's a difficult season of your life. Know that God knows that. Know that the reason why we have difficulties at all is because of sin. And I want to encourage you, if that's where you're at, to fall into the arms of the loving Savior who walked that road before you. He walked the road of pain and suffering for no reason before you. Lean on him and let him heal you and help you through this. Let him see, uh, see, the, see the, the friends, see the, see the, the fellow sufferers, see, see those that God has provided for you in this moment. I want to encourage you to respond however the Lord uh, moves you to respond. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for what you've done. I pray that you would just continue to work. Uh, in our midst. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for life. Thank you for your love. Thank you for this, again, reminder this morning. And I pray that you would just move. If there's somebody here that's never surrendered their life to you, Lord, help them uh, to give you their life today so that they can have it. Lord, I pray you just move now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.